discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. This morning, I'm being led to share with you on some things. And at the, at the end, I'm going to talk about our seeds. And then I'll pray for us. Is there, is there a blessing? Beautiful. So I'm sharing on how to live the new life in Christ. How to live the new life in Christ. How to live the new life in Christ. That's what I'm preaching on. And uh, you can call this part one. Hopefully we'll get to part 20. Yes. So it's going to be a long um, discussion just to help us understand what has really happened to us in Christ and how to live it. You know, so I'm showing on how to live the new life in Christ. Because you can be aware that there's a new life in Christ, but then you may have difficulty living it because of a few um, challenges, a few understandings that you may not have. You know, understanding makes all the difference. If we read in Matthew chapter 13, um, from verse 18, the Bible talks about the parable of the sower. It's from, from verse 8, actually. But then from verse 18, it starts explaining, you know, what this parable means. And look at the Matthew 13, verse 18. Jesus says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. So Jesus was explaining, you know, what this parable meant. And then he says, When you are, when anyone hears the word of God, the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. So understanding is very crucial. If you don't understand the word of God, the devil will keep stealing the word of God away from you. So one of the things you need to pray for as a child of God is to pray for understanding. That is why this prayer in Ephesians chapter 1, verse um, verse 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 is very important, okay? Paul says, Wherefore, I, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. He said, Paul says, I'm praying for you. These are the prayers of the Spirit. Paul says, I'm praying for you. Praying for what? Next verse. I'm praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. Revelation is apocalypsis and it's basically understanding. Having a light bulb experience with the word of God. Oh, this is how it is done. I don't know if you remember when you understood mass. Do you remember when you started understanding mass? When matrices became easy, like, ah, now ah, it's, like, it's actually like this, like this, like when a teacher was teaching, you didn't understand. But when your friend was, you know, taking you through, I don't know if you had friends like that. Sometimes the teachers teach, we don't understand. But then the friends, we have friends who teach and then we understand very well. Do you see? Uh -huh. So every, everyone requires understanding. Understanding is very important. You need to pray for understanding. Okay? You need to pray for understanding. You need to pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of God. In the knowledge of, in the knowledge of the word, okay, you can have wisdom and revelation coming to you. Wisdom is practical knowledge. Knowledge you can use. Your ability to use the word. So that it's not just knowledge you have in your head, but practical knowledge that you can, you can use or you can experience. What you can put to work. It's today it's a seed sowing day. You need to understand what it means. Do you see? If you understand what it means, Nobody will have to say anything for you to. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Nobody can convince me to not give my tithe. Nobody can convince me to not give my offerings. 
Nobody can convince me to not do something. Because, I mean, my whole life is based on that. Because that's what the Bible says. And God has given me light concerning giving. So I do it. And because I do it, the Lord blesses me. Do you see? If you don't understand, have understanding, you struggle with it. You have an issue. Oh, are they asking for money? What are they going to use the money for? Why why are we giving for this? Why are we doing that? Understanding is very, is crucial. No understanding means that the devil has a very powerful place in your life. He says he comes to steal the word. He comes to steal the word. That's his primary goal, to steal the word from your heart. To let you say, well, it's not, it's not, it's, this one is not important. It's, the man is talking from his, his own experience. Oh, all these things, they are just gimmicks to get more money out of us. If it is money we are looking for, I've gone to school by the grace of God. Okay? This is a, I'm just fulfilling the calling of God for my life. I, I, I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't have a, a vision of becoming a pastor. From my childhood. You understand? So I started training to be like a career that I'm... No, that's not... I mean... From my mother's womb. There's nothing like that. You see? It's, it's the call of God. That's why I'm, that is why I'm preaching. Preachers are some of the most insulted people in the whole world. Why would anybody want to become a preacher? When you know that... This would insult them. Every, every, every blessing of a preacher is, is questioned. It's always questioned. He's stealing the church's money. I'm aware. I knew. Before I started in, out in the ministry, I knew all that they were saying about the ministers. But this is the calling of God. Paul said, woe is me if I preach on the gospel. Yes, I must respond to what God wants me to do. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I don't need to do this to get money. Do you understand? By the grace of God. So never think that the preacher is there. Even if there are preachers there who do that. That is their problem. How can you not, how can you have a fake dollar if there's no correct dollar? You cannot have a fake or a counterfeit if there's no original. The fact that there's a counterfeit shows you that there's an original. Isn't it? Yeah. So there are true ministers of God. Who love God and are there because God want, God is the one who has placed them there to do his work. And as for criticisms and things that are said, it is part of the ministry. The Bible says that we are the offscoring of the world. We are the offscoring of all things. And that means that we are like the, the, the poo-poo of the whole world. That, that's, that's ministry. Yeah, so it's part of it. Hallelujah. So never think that they are saying something. If I preach concerning Anna, don't think that I want money. That is why I'm preaching concerning Anna. Do you understand what I'm saying? Have an, that, I'm trying to help you with understanding. Like, understand. <laughs> yes. And it's so crucial. Understanding makes all the difference. Go back to, to Matthew chapter 13. We read verse, verse 18 and 19, if you remember. You must have notes in church. And write, you know, something down. Okay? Understanding is crucial for my life. That alone is good enough for the whole service. Understanding is crucial for my life. You must understand why we praise God. Why we do praises. You must understand why we do worship. You must understand why we go to church. You must understand why we speak in tongues. You must understand why we pray. Not short prayers, but long prayers. You must understand why we pray short prayers. You must understand why we give. You must understand why we pray. You must understand why we, what, what else do we do? We dance. Why, why we make confessions. You must understand why we fast. We must understand why we go for retreats. Why we go for camps. Why we do evangelism. Why we do outreach. You must understand why all these things are done. If there's no understanding concerning it, you'll be surprised. That because it's just an activity for you, with time, you will give it up. Or with time, when someone comes to tell you that ah, this thing is actually no, this one is nothing, you will agree with the person and then you follow the person. And the church is filled with people who do not understand why they are doing what they are doing. You need to pray about, Lord, give me more understanding concerning 
your work, concerning your ministry, concerning what you are doing. Hallelujah. David said, I'm a stranger in this world. Hide not thy word from me. David was praying for understanding. Lord, give me understanding concerning your word. Because understanding is what makes you do what God wants you to do. Okay? Matthew 19, now verse 23. I'm just showing you the two. You know, there are other things. But the main thing is understanding. The one who doesn't understand, the devil comes for it. The one who understands, bears fruit. He says, but he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it. So the only difference between the one who did not bear fruit and the one who bore fruit is that one understood, one did not understand. That's the only difference. That's the only difference. He says, but he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit. Just because he understands, he bears fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold and some sixty and some thirty, just because he understood. It's very important. Lift your hand now and just pray for understanding. Father, I pray for understanding for, for all of us. Pray, pray right now, in just, in just 30 seconds. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of your word, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of your word. Help us understand your word easily without struggles, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Help us understand your word easily, without struggles, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive understanding now in Jesus' name. Receive understanding now in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. How it works. How it works. That's why I like to, if you've noticed, most of my topics is how to. How, I'm a pastor. I'm not just a, a teacher of the word. Which is very important. I want you to know how to get it done. Not what it is, but how. How can you use it practically for yourself? Practically for yourself. Okay? So I'm sharing with you on how to live the new life in Christ. How to live the new life in Christ. If you read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.20. It says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says, I pray. Eh, I pray to God. This is one of the prayers that Paul prayed for the church. I pray to God that your whole spirit, your whole soul and your body will be preserved blameless. Unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's letting you know that you are not only a body. Do you see? You are not just a body. The body is easy to communicate with. Please come. I mean, this is a... You make a mistake to think that this is him. And this is all that there is about him. When you see him physically like this, you know, you can touch, you can touch him. Can you feel me touching you? Oh, yes. If you can't feel me touching you, there's a problem. You see, you can feel a touch. You know, we can relate, we can talk. He has eyes, ears, nose, lips, all of those things. Do you see? But this is not all of him. This is not, this is not you. Your body is not the only thing about you. Your life goes beyond this body. That is why a dead body, you see a dead body. I don't know if you've been to any funeral before. You see the person lying down. But the guy cannot talk. He cannot relate. He cannot, I mean, you slap him, he can't slap you back. He can't do any of those things. Why? Because the actual person is not there. The one animating the body is not there. There's someone inside. The real you is actually unseen. So you you have a body. Okay, you also have a soul. There's a soul in there. I cannot touch your, your soul physically like I was touching him. Come. Your soul cannot be touched physically. If it was a lady, it would have been a problem. I tell you. Is it your soul cannot be touched physically? Your soul cannot be related to physically, but your soul can be your soul is there. How can I get in touch with your soul? Through words. If I insult you right now. What aspect of, of your, of, it's not your body that gets angry. There's some 
Something inside that is relatable, is we can relate to easily, is real. It's not seen with the physical eyes, but it's there. You can be made, you can be happy or sad or depressed, depending on what you heard or did not hear or what someone said to you. So we can touch your soul with words, kind words, bad words, horrible words, fearful words. We can say something that will make you afraid. What part of you gets afraid? It's your soul. What part of you gets excited? It's your soul. Or you can be looking nice physically, smiling physically, but inside you are not happy. Has it happened to you before? Or you can be happy inside and outside you don't look, you don't look excited. <laughs> One guy had this face like this. He said, why are you always joyed? You so I'm happy. That's how, that's, I'm happy, but that's my, that's just how the face is. <laughs> so for most people, the soul and the body are real. You can relate to the mind is real. You can think about it. You can relate to something, you know, and all of that. But the spirit cannot be. The spirit is, the spirit is not easily visible. Some people mistake the spirit to be the soul. But the spirit is not the soul. Okay? The spirit is not the soul at all. At all. Your spirit is called the hidden man of the heart. You know, there are, there are four things in this verses, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. The Bible mentions spirit, soul, body. There's actually another aspect of you called the heart. Okay? So if you read in uh, Hebrews 4, 12, please. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing standard of soul and spirit. Then he says, and of the joints and marrow. And it's a designer of the thoughts and, and intents of the heart. So there's another aspect of you called the heart. The heart is a junction between your spirit and your soul. God also has a heart. Genesis chapter 6. Verse, look at Genesis 6, 4. And it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. So God also has a heart. And God made us after his image and after his likeness. So whatever God has, we also have. When God made the body... When he made the, the body of Adam from clay, from the ground, okay? And he breathed into Adam. He breathed spirit into the body. That's what God did. And when God breathed spirit into the body, the reaction, you know, it's like uh, joining metals. Let's say you have um, omo or washing powder or liquid soap and you have water, Okay? And you mix the two. What do you get? Soapy water. You don't get liquid soup. Isn't it? There was liquid soup. There was water. And then you mix the two. You, and you got soapy water. Depending on how much water you put in the liquid soap. I mean, the soap can, the soap can vanish. Or can still be in there. But it's still there. Even though it's not lathering, it's still there, isn't it? Are you in the church? I pray for understanding for you. Now, every if you put two things together and you want them to mix, what you get at the end is different from what you started with. Or what you get if you make, you mix bronze and brass. It's okay. I'll not. I'll not ask again. Now, these are things we studied in school. We studied this. We studied them in school. Yes, alloys. Uh huh. It's okay. It's okay. Let's pretend that we don't, we don't know. We didn't go to school. We've not been anywhere in our lives. Okay? When God breathed into the body, the spirit is a different entity. The body is also a different entity. In order for them to exist together, reactions came up. There were reactions that came up. But I would say God breathed into man and man became a living soul. So the soul was produced when the spirit hit the body. Do you get it? When the spirit hit the body, what was produced was a soul. Another thing that was produced was the heart. And the heart is the junction. Your soul is, your soul, I'm trying to explain it to you in a certain way. But your soul is mainly for your 
your body. Your soul is mainly on the side of the body. And your heart is mainly on the side of the spirit. It was spirit that was breathed into body. And two things were the soul and then heart. The heart is a quality, mainly a quality of the spirit. And the soul is mainly a quality of the, the body. So it's like having three circles. You have a, a circle this way, another circle this way. And then you want to bring these two circles together. It will, it will overlap. Those the portions that overlap are the soul and then the heart. You get it? I don't know if I'm doing a good job. I'm doing a good job. Okay. Maybe I'll come back to this in, uh, in the fourth series. But what I'm trying to say is this. You can, you can, you can relate to, you can relate to the body easily. You can relate to the soul easily. We can tell what kind of a person you are. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So how you behave, let us know how your soul is. We'll get to know your soul by how, your behavior. As a man is thinking in his heart, that is how he is. So how you are physically, if you're a smiling type, we know that your soul is a smiley type. If you are a complaining type, we know what is happening in your soul. Uh-huh. All those things. But it's very difficult to find out about the Spirit because the Spirit is not, it's not observable. <laughs> Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 6, look at John 3, 6. Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. It's like they don't, they don't, they don't mix at all. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is of the flesh. And the flesh includes your soul and your body. It's flesh. And that which is spirit is also spirit. It's completely different. Have you ever seen your face before? How did you see your face? In a mirror. And then mirror, actually, the mirror does not show you your face. The mirror shows you a reflection of yourself. So you have not seen yourself before. You have not seen your face before. Because the mirror, if the mirror is the type that makes you look tall, the mirror that make you look tall. Have you seen some before? And slim. Or if not seen some before, the mirror that will make you look slim. And you like that mirror because it makes you look slim. The mirror that will make you look big. You don't like that one. Uh-huh. You see, so. A mirror basically shows you a reflection of yourself. But you have not really seen. You, have, you can't remove your eyes and look at your face. You have not really. But you depend on the mirror to show you how you look. If the mirror tells you you've not combed your hair. This morning I almost got out of the house without combing my hair. Yes. That was why I saw me. I said, hey, what is that? The mirror was what told me what I was or what I looked like physically. That's what tells you. In the same way, there's a mirror, spiritually, that can let you know how you look spiritually. You don't use that mirror, you can't tell what you are spiritually. You only think that you are, you are, you are physical, you are a soul. You only think that I'm full, of, I'm full of fears, I'm not a good person, I'm a sinner, I don't know who I am, I don't know how come I'm, I'm so bad, I don't know why I'm so depressed all the time. That's all you will think, because you are not seeing yourself in a mirror that you're supposed to see yourself in. There's a spiritual... The only way to be able to tell what you are spiritually is by looking into the spiritual mirror that God has provided. That's the only way. What mirror am I talking about? James 1, 22. 22-23. But be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Next verse. Or in a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straight away forgetteth what manner of man he was. He says that the word of God is a mirror. The word of God is like a mirror. Only is the mirror you use to check yourself spiritually. It's not a mirror you use to check yourself physically. It's the only means of telling you who you are spiritually. Without the word of God, we will not know who we are spiritually. Because you see, the word of God is spirit. When we say the word of God, don't think about the book. Okay? Don't think about just the book. It's more than the book. The book is just a physical expression of the spiritual aspect of the word. The word is a person. John 1.1. 1, 1. 
In the beginning was what? The word. And the word was? And the word was? So God is, the word is God. Where is God? Have you seen God with your physical eyes before? You cannot relate to God with your physical senses or with your soul, which is earthly. It's impossible. John chapter 4 verse 24. God is a spirit. So you cannot relate. You are, you are failing because you are trying to relate to God or with God with your flesh. I can't feel the presence of God. I'm not feeling anything. Who told you the presence of God is a feeling? And you see, they spoil the whole thing when someone comes and say, I can feel the presence of God in my hand. The, the, I can, I, when the presence of God comes, I can feel it in my palms. And you're wondering, I don't feel mine in my palms. What's going on? I don't have the spirit. What are you talking about? The Bible says that I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what the, that's what the Bible says. So God is always with you and does not leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I will be with you forever, even until the end of the age. Matthew chapter 16, verse 20. Look at Mark 16, 20, please, quickly. And they went forth and preaching everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word of science following. Amen. Matthew 28, 20. It says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you what? I'm with you what? Sometimes, when you feel like it. I'm with you when you are holy, when you feel holy. I'm with you when you feel very good. I'm with you when uh, you have prayed a lot. I'm with you when you are fasting. I'm with you when you are reading the Bible. I'm with you when you are high up in the spirit. And your words change from spirit to spirit. I'm with you. <laughs> no, what does the Bible say? I am with you. Always, even unto the end of the world. Always, even unto the end of the world. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I will never. So stop. You see, when, if you are going to be looking at body, soul, things, feelings, I don't feel, I, I feel like my prayer is not going. My prayer is going where? The word says that Jesus is in us. Christ is in us. The Father is in us. The Father is in us. He's in you. It's not going anywhere. When you are talking, you don't need to shout for the Lord to hear you. Your shout doesn't go beyond this wall. There are times you pray, to, you shout in prayer. Okay, understand. I'm not saying you shouldn't shout when you're praying. There are times you pray, you shout. And at times you pray, you don't shout. Unshout. Oh, I don't feel the presence of God. What are you talking about? I, I, I don't think, I'm not, I don't, can't feel the anointing. I can't feel the anointing. When I got born again fresh, I could feel the anointing. When I'm praying, Mando Shagalaba, I can just feel. Who told you the anointing is a feeling? Who told you when you feel anointed, you are anointed? When you don't feel anointed, you are not anointed. First John chapter 2, verse 27. First John 2, 27. That's why you need, you need a mirror. Without a mirror, you can't tell. You can't tell. You will feel that you are looking very nice physically. You know, your wig is, your wig is actually on another. You are looking like a, a, a chicken that the rain has beaten. You are looking like a, a rooster, something. So you need a mirror. You, you can be feeling good because your soul is saying you are, you are good. You see, you're inside, you're feeling very good. But then when you walk into the mirror, you check, hey! Just imagine fixing your makeup without a mirror. You do comma over here. And don't know you have done comma over there. You think you are you are doing your lips with the lipstick. Before I realize some have gone have gone to this side and that side. The guys, when you are shaving without a mirror. Before you realize you have shaved all the parts you are not supposed to shave. <laughs> in the same way, to be able to know what is happening in the realm of the spirit or in the spirit, you need 
a mirror. The things of the spirit are spiritually designed. They are not physically designed. Keep your finger in 1 John 2.27. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Let me show you this briefly. 1 Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man received not the things of the spirit. The things of the spirit cannot be received by a natural man or by a man who is only thinking along the lines of body and soul or mind. How smart you are. You cannot use this brain to find God. It's not possible. You cannot use this brain to determine things of the spirit because the brain is not spiritual. The brain is of the, is of the flesh. It's of the natural. It's your brain used to relate. It's your mind that has been educated in the classroom. Your soul is what has been educated in the classroom. A doctor becomes a doctor not because his spirit was educated, because his soul, his mind was educated. That's why he knows some things. You cannot use your mind. So in this verse, it's the natural man, and all that is natural. All that is natural. The natural man receiveth not. He cannot receive the things of the spirit. He says, the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. The things of the Lord are foolishness unto all those who want to see it naturally. If you want to see it naturally, it's not going to work. It will, be, it will sound foolish to you. How do I know the presence of God is there if I can't feel it? If I can't feel it, it's not, it's not. You are just being natural. You can be a Christian who is natural. Being natural has to do with being carnal. Being human. Being carnal, I, I explained it this year. Being carnal has to do with being human. Just being human. The carnal mind cannot please God. Just being natural, flowing like a normal person, has, it, it can't, you can't relate to the things of the Spirit. It's not possible. But the natural man is even not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto, unto him. How? Why? He says, neither can he know them. Why? Because they are spiritually designed. The things of the Spirit of God are spiritually designed. How do you, you, how do you design the things of God spiritually? You need the Word. So verse 13 says, go to verse 13. Maybe 12 to 13. He says that, go to verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. There are things that are freely given to us of God. Verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. So that the things of the spirit that God has given to us is not spoken, it's not, for instance, as you come here, I'm doing confession. I, I'm rich. Check your pocket. There's nothing there. There's nothing there, isn't it? There's no money. Yet the Lord is saying that you are, you are wealthy. The Lord is telling you that you are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The Lord, the word is saying that you are the seed of the, of, of, of Abraham. And the whole world belongs to you. Everything in this world, the gold, the diamond, the silver, the precious stones, the oil, everything belongs to you. It has nothing to do with your current natural state. Or what you can see or think. Or how you feel. It has nothing to do with it. So if you are not careful as a Christian, you make a mistake. You make a huge mistake. If you are just going to be seeing things with the mind. It's not going to work. Which things also we speak. In the words which man's wisdom teacheth. Not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth. But in the words which the Holy Ghost teacheth. And it is comparing spiritual things with spiritual. He's talking about the word. The word of God. The word of God is spirit. Jesus said it in John chapter 6, verse 63. Jesus said that it is the spirit that quickeneth, or is the spirit that giveth life. The spirit is what gives life. You are what you are what you are living because there's a spirit inside that is giving life to your body. When a man dies, when someone dies, the body and the brain are there. It's still intact, still there. But what animates is gone. The spirit man is what. You are only you are alive because your spirit is alive. James chapter James chapter two. James mentions says that, and as the spirit, as the body without the spirit is dead, the body is alive because the spirit is alive, or the spirit is there. James two two twenty six. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Have you seen it? As the body without the spirit is dead, everything living is is working because there's a spirit behind it. There's something behind it. Your house is still there. It's still working because you are there. If you like, leave your house for five years. 
After six months, you see that the house starts spoiling. The, the tiles start, the floor starts cracking. The building starts cracking. All kinds of things start happening. Before long, there are weeds in the place. The whole house can be taken over by weeds. Why? Because there's no human being there. The house is alive because human beings are there. If the human beings leave, the house ceases to live. Is it true? Yes. That's, how, that's how it is. So, Jesus says, it is the spirit that gives life. All kinds. It is the spirit that gives life. John chapter 6, verse 6. It is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. In other words, how your body, your soul, it doesn't do much. So, living, living your life based on what you can see, what you can feel, what you can hear, what you can relate with, makes you like any other thing around, any other living thing around. There's more. Okay? There's more beyond. If you feel that, if you feel that, oh, if I can't see this, it's not real, then there's something wrong with you. Have you seen malaria before? How many of you have seen malaria before? Have you had malaria affecting you before? Was it physical? You saw yourself shaking physically. And you went to hospital and told you that it's malaria. But you've never seen the malaria walking around. You see the mosquitoes around. And you don't see the viruses are there. Isn't it? There are viruses. And all these, can you imagine all these viruses are actually in the realm of the physical? They are in the realm of the physical. But you cannot see them with your eye. Tell me, oh, if I can't see it, it's not real. They are phone, they are phone waves. Mm? Going through your eyes, your nose, everything right here for your, for your phone. There are sound waves. There are radio waves all over the place. There are microwaves. Oh, there are waves all over. You may not be seeing some things because you don't have the right equipment for it. In the same way, the realm of the spirit is, is real. It's more than you can think. But you need the right equipment to be able to tell what it is, where it is, what is going on, so that you can relate with it. What's the right equipment? The word of God. Jesus says that the spirit, the spirit that quickened it, the flesh perfected nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The words that Jesus spoke has been captured into a book. That book is your, is your tool to know what is happening in the spirit. Just as your phone is your tool to know and catch the, the waves that are coming for phone calls to come in, for data and all of those things. The natural man cannot. Cannot. Because they are spiritually designed. The word of God is spirit. Spirit. is our spirit mirror. It's our mirror to find out what's going on in the spirit. Without it, it won't work. It's the, it's the only way of finding out what's going on in the spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Alright. So now we understand that We are not only bodies or souls, but we are spirits, right? Well, you're a spirit being. See, I'm a spirit being. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Your body is just a container. Your soul is your possession. But the real you is spirit. You're a spirit being. That's what First Thessalonians mentions. 5.23. It says that, I pray God your whole spirit... He mentions the spirit first. That's the real you. The spirit is the real you. That you cannot see with your physical life. Or relate to. Easily. It's very difficult to. The only means is the word. You're a spirit being. You have a soul. And you live in a body. Spirit being. Say I'm a spirit being. I have a soul. And I live in a body. If you don't understand these things. You'll be surprised that. You, you, after some time, you will see that the word of God does not work. I listen to me. And you start chasing things you are not supposed to chase. <laughs> now, what happens to us when we get born again? That's the next question. What happens to us when we get born again? Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If any man is a very common scripture, but it's very, very important you understand. You can be sitting here and your mind is not here. So you are here with your physical body, but your mind is somewhere. You need to bring your mind to what we are doing. Okay? Alright. So he says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's what? A new creature. 
all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. A new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all th- are these things true? And particularly, yes. But it's not real to the physical and natural man. It's not. In na- naturally speaking, it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't. The born again experience don't happen to your to your body. If you were shot, you remain shot after the new birth, isn't it? Or you are, your height changed. Your height. If you were fat. You don't become slim. If you are slim, you don't become fat. If you are short, you don't become tall. If you are fair, you don't become dark. If you are white, you don't become black. If you are black, you don't become white. You don't become yellow. Like an Asian. No. Isn't it? So, it's so clear that the born again experience does not happen to our body. Meaning that there is nothing natural that we can use to tell what it means to be born again. There's nothing natural. We can't use any natural thing. It's not change of behavior. No change of behavior is not born again. It cannot be change of behavior. <laughs> because it's not, an, it's not an experience for the natural to begin with. Later in the person's life, you can see some natural changes because there's an impact with time. There's an impact on the soul and there's an impact on the body with time. But it's not change of behavior. Born again is not, I've changed in my behavior because I, I got born again today. Tomorrow, my behavior has changed. My character has changed. It's not true, please. Oh? How many of you have your, your character changed? It's not something happens to the soul. Your character changed immediately you got born again. If you didn't know x squared plus y squared is equal to x y squared, you don't wake up, you don't, you don't get born again, and then all of a sudden, you now know you can you can calculate one fifty seven times one seventy five. What's the answer? One fifty seven times one seventy five. Five billion. It's not five billion, please. If you, if you didn't know some things, you would not know them after being born again. It, sh- it shows you that the born again experience does not happen to our mind. So when we try to use our mind to do calculation, it doesn't work. It, it's not, it's not, it has nothing to do with your mind. It has nothing to do with your body. It has everything to do with your spirit, which cannot be seen. Physically. And cannot be discerned naturally. It needs to be seen spiritually and discerned spiritually. Now, if he says that a person gets born again, he's a new creature. New creature. Then he says, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hey, old things have passed away. All things have become new. Where are all these old things and all these new things? It's all in the spirit. How do I, how do I get to know what has happened to me? And live the way I have. Because your spirit is the real you. Your spirit is what? The real you. Not your body, not your soul. So how do I get to know? I get to know what has happened to me spiritually by finding out in the scriptures. Finding out about myself, my new self in the scriptures. And living the way God is telling me I am. Living out what God says. Not what I feel or what I think. Naturally speaking, you may be a very bad boy. I'm talking about now. I'm not talking about you were. I'm talking about now. You may be doing a lot of foolish things now. Or you may be very poor. Naturally speaking. Look around you. You realize actually there's nothing. But if you look away from the natural and look into the spirit, you will see what actually you are. What's, what's really going on. There's a reason for your mind. You tell me, but there's a reason for your mind. As a man thinketh in so is he. What you're thinking in your, in your mind becomes your reality of time. What you are thinking in your heart. Okay, I mentioned heart as being a quality of the spirit and of the soul, isn't it? Do you remember? The Bible says that a good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth good things. So, depending on what's going on in your heart. Okay? Your experience is as a result of what's going on in your heart. 
Luke chapter 6, verse 45. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth what? That which is good. So it means that if anything good is going to happen to you, it's dependent on how much good is in your heart. Good things do not just happen. Good things happen depending on the condition of your heart. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. So evil also comes as a result of what is going on in your heart. So your heart is very important. And your spirit man is called the hidden man of the heart. Your spirit man is inside your heart. That's in first, first uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 3. Whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of the plating of hair, of wearing of gold, of, or putting on of, of, uh, of apparel, verse 4. But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit. Is he talking about spirit? A meek and a quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. And he calls the spirit the hidden man of the heart. So your, your spirit man is... is Hidden in the heart. He's not the heart. He's hidden in the heart. He's not the heart. The spirit is not the heart. Most of the time in the Bible, they interchange spirit and heart. But actually, it's not the same. The spirit man is hidden in the heart. I'm not the one who says it's in the Bible. And the Bible mentions how, how that the word of God must be sown in the heart. The word of God is not sown in your spirit. The word of God is sown in the heart. And so I went out to sow. The seeds that he sowed was actually seed sown in the hearts of people. So your heart... Needs the word of God. The word of God must be sown in your heart so that your spirit man who is hidden in your heart can have a leeway to bring what is inside your spirit out. Scripturally speaking, your spirit man is perfect. There's nothing wrong with your spirit. If you are born again, your spirit man is perfect. It's, it's sealed by the Holy Ghost. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Look at Ephesians 1 13. Since we are talking, let me show you. Ephesians 1 13. 13. It says, in whom... You also trusted. After that, you heard the word of the, of the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So the Holy Spirit is a seal for our spirits. He's what? A seal. Just like you would do any, you would do shito and then you seal it. Why are you sealing it? You don't want the air outside to enter. If it enters, what will happen? It will get spot, isn't it? You don't want the oil inside to spill out. If it spills out, the shito will get spot. Is it not true? So you seal it. You buy anything from the shop, any good thing, correct thing that is from a good place, you see that it's sealed. So that it can be preserved. When the air, when it starts, when the air starts, when it's exposed to the air in a certain way, it starts getting spoiled. That's why that your phone reduces value immediately you bring it out of the box. Is it not true? The car, if you drive the car out of the garage, you bought that twenty thousand dollars, you drove it out of the garage and brought it back that you want to buy an they will tell you that it has reduced by five thousand dollars. Yes. Just by letting it go. Our spirit man is sealed. The new creation is sealed by the spirit. Okay? I hope you are getting what I'm saying. Sealed by the spirit. The new creation man, your, your new spirit that you, 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 you get when you get born again, is perfect. There's nothing wrong with your spirit. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 and verse 10. Look at Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in him, for in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Then verse 10 says, And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. You are what? Is he talking? Is your body complete? You always feel there's something wrong with your body. Have I feel your bottoms are too small? Or they are too big? Or you are too short? Or you are too... You don't feel complete in your body, isn't it? So this has nothing to do. It's not referring to your body. The, always remember the body has the word of God is not is addressed to your spirit. He says, and you are complete in him, in Christ, which is the head of all principality and power. So your, your new, the new creature is complete. There's nothing wrong with him. Everything is okay with him. Your spirit man is just like the spirit of Jesus. First John chapter 4, verse 17. Your spirit man is just like the spirit of Jesus. All right, now listen to this. Look at this one. It says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Then it says, Because as he is, so are we in this world. As Jesus is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. As Jesus is righteous, as Jesus is holy and without sin. As Jesus is 
good and perfect. So are you in this world. But it's not your mind. He's not talking to your mind. He's not talking to your soul. He's not talking to your body. He's talking about your spirit. Your spirit man is perfect. Sealed by the Holy Spirit. It's perfect. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24. Ephesians 4 24. He says, and you, and that you put on the new man. He says, I'm praying that you put on the new man. I'm talking to talk, put on the new man. Which after God is created in righteousness, righteousness and true holiness. Your spirit man is created after God in righteousness and true holiness. But physically, when you look at yourself, you realize that it's like there's nothing righteous about you. You feel like you're a very bad person. You even say to yourself, I'm a very bad boy. I'm a very terrible guy. Why do I keep doing this bad thing? Why do I keep falling? Why do I keep watching pornography? Why do I keep... (laughs) Why do I keep fornicating? Why do I keep committing adultery? Why do I keep doing this? Why do I keep doing that? You are looking at the outside. That's what you're looking at. You're looking at the outside. But the inside, there's nothing wrong. The spirit, your spirit man, there's nothing wrong with your spirit man. Now, the moment you start taking your attention from the outward man to the spirit man, and start looking at what has happened to you in the spirit, it starts happening to you physically. So what has happened, the righteousness that has happened in your spirit, it says that your spirit man is righteous. He says, created in righteousness and true holiness. True holiness. Your spirit man is true, is born in true holiness. There's nothing wrong with your spirit. Your spirit man is righteous. Just like Jesus. Your spirit man has all the power in the world. You see, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, Paul, you see, we, just, we read from verse 15 earlier. Okay? Paul prayed that you might know, uh, uh, you might have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that you might know, eh? Next verse, verse 18 now, that you might, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, I should, have, I should have mentioned this one, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of, of, of his inheritance in the saints. Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, what who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Said in them, the power that raised Jesus up from the dead, the same power is inside you. Same power. It's not, it's not reduced by five kilojoules when you do something wrong. It's not, it's not reducing it. It's the same power that raises us up from the dead. Resurrection power is in your spirit. Right now, so sitting down. But you may be ill and die out of the illness if you don't turn your eyes from the physical to the spiritual. You see, your, your soul and your mind is like a, a tap. It's like a valve, a tap, a tap in the bathroom or in your kitchen. There's a lot of water in the tank up your house, isn't it? In your poly tank or whichever tank you have. But if you don't turn the tap on, you can be thirsty to death in the house, isn't it? All you need to do is, you see, there's, there's no problem with the tank. The tank is fine. Everything in the tank is okay. But you need to turn the valve. Your soul is like the valve with the pipe that is connected to the tank. The more you allow your soul to fall in line with what has happened in your spirit, the more the valve is turned for you to have the flow of the power of God in your life. That, that's, that, I'm just explaining to you basic Christianity. There are Christians who, what I'm telling you, they don't, they don't, they don't, it's either they don't know or they know they don't like it. So they are struggling for nothing. And they keep saying that the thing is not real, but it's real. Because they are trying to understand it with their sense. It's not, it's not sensual. I just showed it to you. It's not logic. It's not sensual. You need the word. Without the word of God, you will not know what has happened. You need the word of God. The word of God is what tells you what you really are. I just showed you some. He says that you are created in righteousness and true holiness. Righteousness and true holiness. So you are righteous. Say, I'm righteous. I'm righteous. You may not feel like it. You are righteous whether you feel like it. You are holy whether you feel like it or not. You are what God says you are. Listening to what Elijah said, who has believed our reports? 
And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Who has believed our report? He says, let all men be liars. Let God be true and all men be liars, including you. What are you thinking about yourself? I'm not a good person. Who told you I'm not a good person? You are looking on the outside. Spiritually speaking, you are the best. You have all the love, God, the, all the love you can think about. Galatians chapter 2 and Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. Look at Galatians 5 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is, is love. The fruit of the Spirit. Your spirit man has fruits inside him and includes love, joy, peace, long suffering. You have all the long suffering in the whole world. When someone slaps you, you have an ability to not slap back and, and talk to the person nicely. You see? But you will slap back if your soul is not changed and transformed to focus on what has happened in your spirit. You will slap back. The reason why you are slapping back is because the valve is closed or the valve is open small. That's why it's happening like that. There's nothing wrong with you. The only thing that you need to do is to start opening the valve. How? By something called the transformation of your soul or the renewing of your mind. Through the word of God, you need the renewing of your mind. The, your mind, without, you see, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you're thinking in your heart, right thinking leads to right believing, which leads to right results. The changes you require in your environment will come as a result of allowing your mind to change. That's why your mind is very important. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be it transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Your mind needs to be renewed. That's the oh, There's nothing like spiritual growth. Spiritual growth is not a quality of the spirit. Spiritual growth, when we say spiritual growth, what we mean is that you are becoming more spirit-oriented, which is a quality of your soul and your body. The more your soul changes, the more your results change and the more spiritual you become. Spiritual growth, your spirit does not grow. Your spirit is not born as a baby. Your spirit is born as a man <laughs> with everything that he requires inside. Your spirit has everything. Your spirit is just like, I showed it to you. Your spirit is just like Jesus. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 16. It says, Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Paul saw Jesus physically. That's what he's talking. He says, I saw him physically. I knew him after the flesh. I knew him. I knew his height. I knew how he, I knew his hairstyle. I knew. But I'm not seeing him as a natural person anymore. I'm not looking at him as a natural person anymore. Now I'm looking at him as a spiritual person because he's actually spirit. John the divine. Have you ever heard of John the divine? John uh, the beloved. He's the one who put his head on Jesus' bosom and asked him, who's going to betray you? You remember him? When he saw Jesus in Revelations chapter 1, he didn't put his head on his bosom. Because he saw Jesus in his actual glory. He saw Jesus glorified. With his feet burning as brass, his eyes as a flame of fire, his hair like a wool and snow and all of that. That was what he saw. He was seeing him after the flesh before he died and resurrected. But after he died and resurrected, he didn't see him after the flesh anymore. He started seeing him as he is spiritually. Now, just as Jesus, the way Jesus was in Revelations is actually how he was physically on that day when he put his head on his. But he could not discern it spiritually. So, as you are sitting down here, your eyes are burning with flame of fire, spiritually speaking. You are just like Jesus. Just your hair is, your hair is like wool. You are so dangerous spiritually. Yes, very well spiritually. You are so confident, so bold, so smart, so full of wisdom, full of knowledge, full of everything you can think about. Your spirit man is, your spirit man is just like Christ, just like Jesus. Haven't you read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 before? He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Look at the 1 Corinthians 6, 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. So we are, we are one spirit. Our spirit man is just like Jesus. You are so spiritual. In the spirit. You are so wise. Say I'm wise. I'm wise. You need to agree with what has happened. Yeah. The only thing God seeks. The reason why we are coming to church is to, to get you to agree. With what God has said concerning you. That's all. The day you agree with what is working inside you. Sickness will run away from your life. The healing is not going to come from above. The healing is inside. 
the day you realize that it's inside, the power will come in and it will hit your body and that's it. You'll be healed. I have all the power. You have all the power Jesus had. The power he used to walk on water, you have it. It's inside. You too can walk on water. Yeah. If you try it today, you realize it's not working. You need to allow what, you need to meditate on the word of God. You need to renew your mind to suit what has happened to you spiritually. You need to renew. It must form in your heart. That's what Christianity is all about. Seeing the invisible and walking in line with what you have seen in the spirit through his word. Have I helped you? Have you learned anything? So I'm going to continue and I will go like that gradually. I want you to see what God has done for you and how to live it. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.